Smitches, you should be proud of me. Want to know why? It's because I vowed as of yesterday that I am no longer taking naps. I know you're probably actually disappointed in me for saying that, but hear me out, hear me out. My naps are not your usual cat naps that are like 15 to 30 minutes. No, no, no. No, no, no. We don't do that. We go into a deep hibernation type of slumber, which <laughs> I've noticed is a problem because I will take like a try, try and take a 30 minute nap and it will turn into an hour and then two hours and then three hours. And then before you know it, I could basically be sleeping through the whole night. So I had to make this vow because I feel like I'm not being productive. So yes, I am exhausted 24-7 now because I am not getting my naps. Am I a little bit more agitated? Probably, but it is a cost I am willing to pay so I can have more hours in my day to be productive. So with that said, let's get into talking about my last two weeks because it's been two weeks since I've last talked to you guys. So this is more like in order this time. That way I can talk in like a sequence. So I went to a barbecue with my boyfriend for his fraternity, Phi Delta Theta, shout out. And it was a very nice barbecue. There was a bunch of games, food delicious food and delicious desserts i might add and then that night we went home and we played this card game called escape the museum which we've had for a while now we got it at walgreens but we kept forgetting to play it like it's been months so finally we played it and obviously you just escape the museum and there's a bunch of different clues you have to solve and one of them it was the hardest thing ever in order to decipher what letter goes with one of the hieroglyphics, there was this one card and it had like a crossword looking thing. And then it also had, it would say something like bird and then blank and box. And you would have to find a word that would go with both of those words. So for example, you would do like bird, brain, brain box, something like that. And there would be multiple of them and there's not any like clues so you just have to kind of like just come up with it so there was just one that we could not get but because we had solved all the other ones we were just able to tell what letter it was so we kind of cheated <laughs> cheated a little bit we were just like oh you know what <laughs> we didn't see that one and then the day after that we had a date to go kayaking and that was the date that the previous episode had premiered. And I was stressed. Like, it was so bad. Like, I was ready to punch something, but also cry at the same time. F for the life of me, I could not... The, the podcast would, was edited, okay? The podcast was edited. But for the life of me, I could not get it to save. And I had the storage on my computer, I promise you, I had the storage. But what it would do is, it would save like 40 minutes of the episode, and then the last 10 minutes would just be silent. Like it never happened. So, I, oh, my goodness, I hit my cat ears on the wall. Um, 
I have my cat ear headphones. I don't want you guys to think that I'm just wearing cat ears for enjoyment. They are, they're useful. They're headphones. They're useful. They're useful tools. I don't know why I'm explaining myself. Um, so anyway, what was I saying? I was saying about, yes, the podcast. So I was trying to save it. It wasn't working. So I had to try and save the clips like multiple ways. And I was doing this thinking I would be done by the time it was ready for our date. But that wasn't the case. He came over and I was still stressing about the podcast. I started crying, like freaking out. I was like, hey, the podcast needs to be out tonight. And I have so many things to do. I have to, we have this date and then we have to go eat at my dad's and like, I can't cancel everything. And he's like, maybe, maybe we shouldn't go today. Maybe you should take some time, focus on the podcast, take a chill pill, and then we can reconvene. So we did not <laughs> go on the date that day. But we did have another date during the week and we made homemade empanadas and I made uh, ones with chicken and potatoes and there was supposed to be peas in it, but peas are disgusting. So I should have done like corn or something, but I I just didn't think of it. Uh, So I filled some with those and then for me, since I'm vegetarian, how many times am I going to say I'm vegetarian? By now you guys know I'm vegetarian um so for me I made a bean and cheese empanada and it was very difficult and it took a lot of time we did not eat dinner until nine at night which was a problem we also did make a Mexican street corn salad delicious chef's kiss loved it and then we of course watched high school musical the musical the series and As the season progresses, I keep continuously thinking to myself, why do I watch this? Like, it's not great. It's all right. I don't even know if you could say it's good. But I just, I, I don't know why I do. I think it's just something where it's like I need to be in the know. And like, what if something good does happen and I miss it, you know? And then another show I've been watching is She-Hulk. So that just premiered, actually. So there's only, like, one episode out. By the time this podcast comes out, there should be two. And obviously, a lot of people don't like it. Which we all know is because of how She-Hulk looks. Like, she looks very strange. And I I don't know. I kind of like the show. Yes, I do think her appearance is strange to me. Like... If you look at Bruce's Hulk, it's very human-like, and his skin is not this bright green. It's, like, more of a bluish-grayish, like, toned-down green. And you still, like, you see his facial hair. Like, you could see his facial structure and everything. Like, you really see Bruce within Hulk. And for her, like, she's this bright green. She has eye makeup her hair gets longer and it's voluminous and gorgeous but I'm like I don't know it's just weird to look at his Hulk and see it so human-like and then see hers so fake I guess you could say cartoony I I don't know but Again, you can't really judge a series on the first episode. I do so far kind of like the plot of it. 
if you could even say there is a plot, there probably isn't, <laughs> at least right now in the pilot, but I'll keep you posted if it gets better or if it gets worse. Another show I've been watching is, uh, actually, I shouldn't even say watch because I finished this show. I finished it in a day and it is Glow Up season four. It's kind of like Face Off where they paint like the bodies and everything. I absolutely love shows like that. So with Glow Up, yes, it's centered around makeup, but you still do get more of that like painted creative aspect. Like it's not just your basic beauty glamour. So it's a phenomenal show. And then besides shows I've been watching, because I don't even know why I'm talking about this, <laughs> um, I went to Kyle's family's farm one day and I helped. I was a little girl on the prairie, you know, I was cleaning things up. I did see very large spiders. So that was traumatizing. But what did make my day was I also saw a little baby frog. And I'll take that as a victory. And then that day we also went to the Montclair Art Museum. And then we also went to Cuban Pete's restaurant, which was very good. I got this salad and it had mango in it, um, some sort of like queso cheese. And then it was a guava coconut dressing, which was really good. And then Kyle had this chicken with like a mango salsa on it. And then a coconut rice, delicious. The rice was incredible. I got a side of like regular rice and beans so I could have more than just a salad. And then for dessert, we ended up getting tres leches, which was again also phenomenal. They did a great job with the meal and the food came out in two seconds. So service, props to you, great job. And then finally, we went on our kayaking date. So we just went the other day. And it's funny because regarding this kayaking date, it's not just like we didn't go on it last week because I was freaking out. I wanted to go on this date since last summer. And I always talked about it and we never did it. So we finally did it. It's in the books. It's marked off the list. And now we can move on to other things. So now... Let me officially introduce you guys to the podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Smitching Hour. It is your girl Alyssa and today we are going into the case featured in the trending. I don't know if it still is trending, but if it's not, get it trending again. Uh, the true crime Netflix docuseries, I Killed My Dad. And I told my dad I was going to be talking about this. And he was like, you did what now? And I was like, dad, you're right in front of me. You know, this story is juicy when my notes are four pages long. And on YouTube, it might look like two, but my pages are double-sided. Thank you very much. So, what happened? Well... I'm going to tell you right now. So on June 3rd, 2019 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 17-year-old Anthony Tomplay was awoken in the middle of the night by his father, Bert Tomplay. And Bert was going through his phone accusing Anthony of speaking with Bert's ex-wife, Susan. So this ended up turning physical and he was trying to punch and grab Anthony. But just to note, 
Uh, when Anthony later was in custody, they found that there were no bruises and the house was like very clean. And normally if there's some sort of altercation, you wouldn't really see that in a crime scene. But keeping that in the back of our mind, moving on, uh, Anthony was able to escape to his father's room by locking the door behind him. As his father tried to break down the door, rather than go to a window or maybe call for help, he grabbed two of his father's guns, opened the door, and shot at his father. He ended up going towards the bathroom, and Bert asked Anthony to stop, as you would when you get shot, you know, you, or see someone with a gun. So he asked him to stop after the first shot into his chest. But Anthony fired another bullet into Bert's head, and then a third that missed. So Anthony then called 911 saying that he killed his dad. And he ended up being very cooperative with not only the 911 call, but police. And Bert was actually still breathing at this time and ended up being sent to neurocritical care where the bullet fragments were taken out of him. And then after this, he ended up being put on a ventilator. Then three days later, on June 6, his ex-wife Susan took him off the ventilator and he ended up succumbing to his injuries. So this ended up upgrading Anthony's charges from attempted manslaughter to manslaughter, causing his bond to go from $50,000 to $100,000. And a lot of people questioned was this even manslaughter or was this murder? Like, was the manslaughter just like a heat of passion uh, provoked by something like, again, like being attacked or abuse? Or was this murder like he had the intent to kill that night? Now, not soon after that manslaughter charge ended up actually being upgraded to second degree murder, which Compared to manslaughter, where it could be zero to however many years, if you get murder, that's a life sentence. So because of this, he ended up moving from a juvenile facility to an adult facility. And a lot of people with this case kind of pushed it to the side originally because a lot of people just thought it was some rich kid killing their dad or parent because they didn't get something they want, but they were incredibly wrong. So I'm gonna give a little timeline leading up to the shooting. So Anthony's mother is Teresa Tomplay, and she was going through a divorce when she ended up meeting Bert at her waitressing job. She was his waitress, and I think she forgot his salad or something and apologized and he was like, oh, I don't need that anyway. And then for some reason they started talking and got closer, started hanging out. And at that time when they met, she had two kids. She had a son, Matt, and a daughter, Natasha, who were nine and 12. And as their relationship progressed, she realized that Bert needed attention 24-7 and his moods could easily flip like a light switch would. Some instances in which this happened, there was a time where he made Bloody Marys and she was like washing the dishes or something and wasn't really paying attention to him. And he kept telling her to look at him and she didn't look at him because she was occupied. 
so he ended up splitting a bar stool in half. Very erratic behavior, I guess you could say. Uh, there would be times where he would throw a fit if there was just like a spoon left in the sink. And because Teresa grew up in an abusive household where her stepfather molested her, she kind of learned to suppress her emotions and to kind of turn them off and become numb to things, which you'll see a theme of that later, um, but I don't want to get into that right now and me potentially confuse you guys. And then not only was Teresa abused, but her mother, Patricia's father, used to beat her mother. And then her mother, Patricia, was also abused by her husband. So because this was such a common thing in their family, they didn't really know better, and it was hard to leave because this is just what they were used to. So... After this, she ends up finding out that she was pregnant with Anthony, and her mother thought that it would just make things worse, that the relationship could not handle a child, but Teresa still went through with it. And while she was pregnant, Bert ended up attacking her, and he ended up doing six months in jail. Then after she had Anthony, there was a time where he abused her and took the baby. So, of course, she called the cops. She was like, I don't need an ambulance or anything, but, like, he has the baby. And the police went, chased him down, and let him go. She said that he was a smooth talker and really could basically get away with anything. He could probably get away with murder if he really wanted to. So, he ended up going home like nothing ever happened. And because of that, she felt that she couldn't trust the police. And again, this is another common theme that you'll see later on. And then there was another time where Bert was talking to her and he wanted life insurance. And she was convinced that if they got life insurance, she would be dead. So she said no, of course. And she was actually so paranoid and frightened for her life that she started leaving notes around the house saying that if anyone found her dead it was most likely Bert who had killed her and though it was hidden from him like she told her mother about it and I'm sure even her mother saw the abuse too so it's not even like she was surprised by it and the last straw was finally when his parents visited so Teresa ended up making his parents breakfast and he got mad about the type of breakfast that she was making. And he ended up throwing a glass of milk at her, was throwing plates at her, and was grabbing at her hair, pulling it, like taking clumps of hair out of her head. And I'm assuming his parents have never seen him like this. And they were begging him to stop. So he was furious and forced the parents to leave. And with the parents, Teresa left too, and she let them drop her off on the side of a highway, and she ended up taking a bus to her mother's house. And she tried to take Anthony originally, but he would not let her take his son. He made that very clear. So she had to leave him behind. And after weeks of recovering, she finally went back to get Anthony. But him and Bert were already gone. 
So Burr ended up taking Anthony to Louisiana, and that was when Teresa got lawyers and filed a sole protective order and for full custody of Anthony. Now, Bert did not appear at any hearing. He kind of just disappeared, and she tried searching for Anthony everywhere. She was looking for his name in school databases, um, in the news, all over, really, camps. But she could not find him until one day she called Bert's parents. And when she called his parents, Anthony was the one who answered. So she drove to their home and could hear him behind the door, but they would not open the door for Teresa. And this resulted in her putting up missing flyers around the neighborhood, which when looking back on Anthony's life to determine what his charges would be for the case, they found that he was not in the NCIC missing persons broadcast and there were no warrants or wanted crimes and this stems from again not trusting police but also because she started filing all these things to get anthony back really she just wanted people to know it wasn't like i need to have him right now she knew she would get him but it was more so of just like be aware that there is this person living next door to you. He is not a good guy. So, with several court orders, Bert ended up finally being forced to hand Anthony over to Teresa. But, in Louisiana, Bert kept working the family system and filed police reports that Teresa was crazy and unfit to have custody over Anthony and filed a lawsuit of his own for full custody. Now, Louisiana didn't really know about all the orders that Teresa had back in Texas. So because he was playing this system, there was a private detective who watched Teresa's house for three days until finally on June 15th, 2007, a cop came while Teresa was away helping a friend and took Anthony to his father. And Teresa couldn't afford to keep going back and forth to get Anthony, so she had to let him go. And he was kept from his family for 11 years. He thought that his mother was a junkie who didn't care about him. And he didn't even know that he had a sister or a brother. He was kept in the dark his whole life because of Bert. So then, in 2008, when Bert was working as a project control engineer, making $100 an hour, he met a woman named Susan. And I want you to note that, I don't know if it was at the beginning of the relationship, but some point in the relationship, Bert had told her that Anthony's mother, Teresa, was dead. And it wasn't until after he passed away that she found all these court documents and all these filings and found out that Teresa was still alive. So not too long after dating, Susan and her son ended up moving in and living with Bert and Anthony, more so Bert. They felt like they were walking on eggshells and had to watch everything they said around him. 
And of course, Anthony felt this way too. So he kind of secluded himself and kind of like Teresa did with her stepfather molesting her, Anthony kind of turned off his emotions. He became numb to things and he didn't really want to let people in. He wanted to stay to himself and not really feel. So due to this, it actually kind of scared Susan. Considering that Anthony was very emotionless, she thought, like, what was he capable of? Which was very strange to me because she said this, but then when Anthony is let out of prison, she says, Anthony has nobody. Like, he, he is my child. And it's like, I mean, he has his mother, he has his grandmother, he has his sister, and you're the one who's saying you were scared of him, meanwhile your husband was abusing you and abusing him but you were scared of him i don't know that was just very strange to me and then going back to the timeline because i strayed a little bit right there a bert had eight cameras watching the family's every single move in and around the home Susan said that the only place there wasn't a camera, I believe, was in the master bedroom. Now, I'm not completely sure how accurate that is, just because when they showed footage of the house, it was only outside cameras, so I don't want to say that there were definitely cameras inside. And then at this time, Anthony being under Bert's custody was supposedly being homeschooled. But turns out he wasn't actually homeschooled. He never saw a doctor, never saw a dentist, and Susan had to teach him basic things like his name, the alphabet, his address, his birthday, which as he got older, he still didn't completely know. And at one point, she was trying to teach him how to do division, like basic math things. And Bert said no, because he could use a calculator to do it. So it's interesting because, again, you see that controllingness of Bert. If Anthony's uneducated, it's easy for Bert to control him because Anthony's going to believe and do whatever he says because he doesn't know any better. And then when Anthony was old enough to start working, he worked at a greenhouse. And, of course, he got the job through Bert. Bert knew the boss, and the boss didn't really know Anthony, so he wanted to meet him, and I believe they went to dinner. And over dinner, when he would try to ask questions to Anthony, it was Bert who would answer them. And it kind of reminds me of when you're like a freshman in college or something, and you're, you've always been very like close to your parents, and now you have to be independent, and there's some of those parents who don't want to let go, so they'll still like be holding your hand through college and be like oh no 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 let me talk to the professor you can't give her this grade no 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 or it's even like you go to dinner with your parents and you're like yeah i think i'm gonna get this and they're like oh okay and the waiter comes around and they start ordering for themselves and then they're like so she's gonna have and it's like mom i can order i can do it myself 
And I mean, that's more, I guess, in like an endearing type of way, like a coddling. You don't want your baby to go. Whereas this is like, no, I'm in control. You do what I say. It's all about power. So the interesting thing is that Bert also ended up filling out Anthony's application to the job. And of course, Anthony got the position. And funny thing is that his dad was tracking his phone. So he had like a shared location type of thing. And if Anthony was not moving at his job, Bert would like call the manager or the boss and be like, hey, what's going on? Anthony hasn't moved. And it could just be because he's like stocking something in one place. And then throughout the course of Susan's relationship with Bert, it was very verbally and physically abusive um, for her, her son, and Anthony. But nothing with Anthony was ever documented. So the son left and went to his father. Of course, he told his father everything and his father called the police. But when the cops came, Anthony always denied that he was abused. And this was because he kind of just thought they would probably bring him back to his dad. And they were there so frequently. It was more so like, a why didn't you see it? You know, why do I have to tell you? At least that's what I get from it. And that goes back to the theme of like the mother not trusting cops to help because they would just let Bert go and then it would just happen over and over again. So Anthony went through very similar things. And then getting towards the time of the crime, six months before the crime, Susan had finally left Bert. And at this time, she filed a restraining order, which was the beginning of the end, as Anthony referred to it. So during this time, Bert had lost all control. He was drinking every day. He was extremely paranoid, and he also, for some reason, became very religious and would call Anthony, like, Satan and all these other things. So he was completely unhinged. And... A lot of it was because he was losing control. He lost Susan's son. He lost Susan. And he ended up also losing his job for poor job performance. And he had $80,127 in credit card debt. At this point, police were coming 24-7 to try and serve Susan's court papers. And... Bert was, again, very paranoid, very unhinged, and he kept loaded guns with him at all times. And when the police would come, he would hide. Anthony recalled him being, like, behind the door with a shotgun, like, kind of just hiding from the police. And Anthony thought that at some point, Bert would lose it completely and end up killing Anthony. And then that's soon after when the shooting happened. Now... Anthony's defense attorney took the case pro bono, and Anthony ended up being in jail for six months, and then the case was regarded as a negligent homicide, and he had to do probation, um, but this is something that can be expunged from his record once he completes everything. 
And the interesting thing was at the end of the docuseries, Anthony finally cries, which I would say is like very monumental in it just because of the fact that the big thing with the case was like he shows no remorse, he's emotionless, and it's like he's finally letting his emotions come through. He's finally opening up from all that trauma. So where is he now since the case? So Anthony's defense attorney actually posted on Instagram August 10th and he said that Anthony is doing great and he's living a peaceful life. He's working full time. He's getting his GED and he has been doing extremely well with his duty to the court and probation and he has been going through regular counseling when he can manage. So that is the case of Anthony Tomplay. And now before we close out the episode, I would like to get into our Nebula check. Nebula check. Okay. <laughs> So we are already off to a great start. My focus of the week is prioritizing, which is very funny because of how detailed my planner is this week. I have it done by hour to hour, and I always have it done hour to hour, but it's more so fluid where I could change it whenever I want to. Whereas this week, I'm like, no, this has to be done at this time. And prioritizing, like, I'm doing the podcast over, like, going to the gym. I'm like, I'll just go to the gym another day. So, love is at 60%, career is at 90%, and business is at 70%. The theme of your week will be around resetting your schedules and routines to fit better with the way you see your life going. The sun leaves your sign on Monday, which will shift your attention to everyday and mundane matters. Take care of business and reprioritize things as needed. This is a great week for getting things done, even working ahead if possible, so you have more space for relaxing later. Exactly! The podcast! Doing it early in the week, having time to record it, making posts. I am on a roll, and my horoscope thinks so too. Thank you very much. I am very happy with how things are going so far best horoscope I have ever read because it is in my favor. So the moon and Venus meet up in your sign on Friday, which brings out the romantic aspects of your love life. Generous energy is present that generous energy is present that will prompt you to be extra expressive and outgoing in your relationships. You can find that you feel very self-assured, confident, and extra magnetic at this time that's interesting because i'm hardly seeing my boyfriend this week i'm seeing him thursday and saturday and that is it very strange usually it's like three to four days a week but i guess it'll be extra magnetic because we'll be far away so there'll be a magnet pulling us from a distance oh that's so gross okay anyway Allow yourself some time on Sunday to manage your schedule more closely. Plan ahead and think about the things you have coming up that require a lot of energy and attention. Now is a good time to consider how you can reduce pressure on yourself 
by committing to fewer things and weaving more time into your schedule for enjoyment, fun, and pleasure. You tend to learn a lot about your social life with a growing sense of understanding between you and others. This expansive perspective is especially enhanced by the moon forming a trin with Jupiter on Wednesday, bringing genuine heart-centered energy to your connections. Beautiful. So that is all I have for you guys today. I want to thank you all for listening. I threw out my script on accident, so we are going to wing this outro and hope for the best. If you would like to, you could subscribe to us on YouTube and also like our videos because we have some good shorts on there and also our episodes, of course. We are on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter all at the smitching hour. And as for my personal, it's Alyssa Grace underscore X on Instagram. I deleted my TikTok, so best place to find me is Instagram. And I only use Facebook for family, so Instagram is my home. Uh, you could also find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Casts. <laughs> And I'm leaving that in. And SoundCloud. Also, all at the Smitching Hour. And if there's options to rate or like us or even follow us on there, please do. Again, truly want to thank you all for listening. Love you, Smitches. See you in two weeks. Bye.